Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I went to a dinner party last night. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. My first dinner party in a little while. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Re-entry into more like the before times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was lovely. It it's got good. like got a little bit rowdy. We actually did a shot at one point. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Partying like it's 2019. Yeah, I threw out that idea as a joke and people were like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, oh God, now I have to do a shot. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was good. Nice. Yeah, it's been, things are kind of gradually starting to feel a little bit more normal here as, uh, you know, vaccinations and stuff is going well in Minnesota. So, mm-hmm. nice. yeah. I uh, went to New York City also um, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Similar, like everything's like things are reopening. People are getting back out. There's a, a strong sense of energy and optimism. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've been working out of a... It's actually a coffee shop, but it's like it's this kind of big open warehousey space similar to kind of the old drip offices that we that we had. And um, it's just like a five minute walk from my place. And it's been really, really nice to like get get out just into a, a place where there's other people around and there's kind of that energy. I've really been enjoying it. And there's actually a co-working space on higher up in this building that I'm considering like maybe getting a membership for. Nice. We actually just did that. So yeah, Joel and I moved into a, a co-working space, which is pretty dead right now. Like it's, it seems like it's 80% empty, but uh, I'm seeing more people in it, you know, uh, this week than last week. So hopefully it'll keep, keep uh, waking up. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice. Yeah. But it's nice to have a, uh, an office space. It's pretty cool. We're like right in the center of Davis square, which is just like pretty bustling area. So we've been like going out for lunch a lot and it's, it's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of optimistic that I think people do want to be around other people. Like that's a, that was a strong missing component kind of by necessity during the pandemic. But I think, uh, I don't think that's going away that, that desire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Hot take there. Yep. <laughs> so I thought it might be interesting to share with you my schedule for today. Okay. Let's hear it. Cause this is sort of a snapshot of, of what my what work life is, <laughs> is like right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my day today started at nine today. I had a chat with Mikey, uh, talking about uh, a new feature that we are working on, and also like some plumbing and sort of just prioritization for dev work. I have this now with you. After that, I have my third call with somebody, which is with a a person who is a salesperson who is not like a candidate. They're just like someone who works at a company that I admire who is in sales that I want to kind of run our hiring plan by and sort of ask them for referrals and thoughts and things like that. I'm going to do lunch with Joel. Then I have my fourth call with a productized sales company. So they like you know outsource your sales process for you, basically. Probably not ideal for us, but seem worth talking. It's like maybe a, a, a route that might be useful. Maybe an interim kind of thing, like a, a temporary step. Then I have my fifth call with a sales candidate, someone who actually applied for our head of sales position. And then I have my sixth call uh, with someone to record a video about uh, pairing techniques. Oof. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's, it's nice. Like I am, I'm cranking away on the sales hiring, so it feels good. Like I'm, I'm being productive there. That feels good. It's kind of r- relaxing to have my day planned already in a way 
So it's kind of like if my day were wide open, it's like shh, that's good for being able to grab tasks and do them. But it's it's more amorphous and more like, all right, now I have to, I have to figure out what the plan is. This is like, it's kind of like I've made all these decisions already. And now I'm just kind of, I'm not going to have any time to like just hang out today or, or, you know, it's, it's all my time is spoken for basically, but at least I know what the plan is. Yeah. I, I relish in a good, like open, completely open day with nothing on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I mean, those are great too. When I have like a project that like needs some deep work and I know what it is and it's like, okay, I'm just going to crank on this thing. That's wonderful. Like I love waking up and, and seeing the open calendar. Um, but for this thing that I'm doing right now, this is the work. Like there kind of isn't, there isn't like deep work for this so much. It's more like, okay, talk to a ton of people and make, make decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Today is a sample of kind of <laughs> what that's been like. Uh, but yeah, lots of calls with recruiters and salespeople and, and people who are advising me on how to do this and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you're making, making progress on it then? I'm definitely getting the lay of the land. Like I'm starting to understand like, okay, these are, these are what recruiters are like. Here's how they work. Here's what it costs. Here's how that's likely to go. Here is what talking to salespeople candidates is like. So I'm getting like feedback on our job posting, feedback on the process, starting to understand the players, that kind of thing. So it feels, it feels productive. It's, it's, I think this is like the learning that's going into it as I make progress. So yeah, it's still stressful. It's that like, you know, you don't know how long it's going to take. You don't know how many reps you got to do. So it's just kind of like, just keep cranking away, which is not my ideal work thing. Like I, I love my tasks to be like, you know, boxed and more concrete. If I, I like to be able to see the finish line, even if it's really far away. Uh, so this is trickier, more of a challenge for me mentally, but I'm mostly in pretty good spirits around it. Some days are, are, are rough, honestly, because I'm also doing sales at the same time. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Got to keep the ship running. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then like, yeah, like this first call with Mikey before this was like, all right, well, I got to, I'm doing also, also some product management. So it's like, okay, I, I kind of have a lot of jobs right now. And then like, this is basically marketing. So it's like, I'm doing product management, marketing, hiring. It's like, and sales currently. Do you feel like you can muster like the mental bandwidth to, to really like feel like you can contribute in a meaningful way on like a product management type of type of discussion when you're like yeah not definitely not at my best for sure i'm in degraded i'm running in ben is running in degraded mode right now on everything that's not the sales hiring i'm trying but yeah for sure like i i have this like background guilt of like i know i'm not doing these other jobs that well and then also just like when i try to do them i'm like yeah ideally i would have prepped for 45 minutes for the product management thing and like been like here here's you know i've written up this thing or this description or whatever but instead, it's kind of like, I'm going to cram this in before my six other calls in the morning and, you know, hopefully have some useful things to yeah. say. Yeah. That's the funny thing about, like, people who are in meetings, like, all the time. And, like, obviously, that must work for some companies to just constantly be shuffling through various meetings and hashing things out. But for me, it's like, usually, meetings are, mo- are, are most productive if I've actually done quite a bit of prep work ahead of time and, like, kind of have clear objectives in my head about what what exactly are we hashing out and it takes a lot of mental energy a lot of times to bring like that that level of engagement to a meeting so i really i've struggled to understand how people can just kind of go from one to another and like context switch and be there in the moment like fully on and sharp and and able to like tackle whatever they're trying to trying to do i struggle when i have like multiple calls in a day and it's like okay what's this call like i usually come in feeling a little bit lacking context or 
are not not totally ready, you know? Yeah. So like I have these savvy cattle links that I share with people when I'm trying to set up calls and the, I set the availability on them to be just Tuesdays and Thursdays, which I did kind of when I was doing more maker stuff so that I would, you know, do all my calls and then have Monday, Wednesday, Friday free for deeper work. But I think actually I should probably have a different one that's like I'm in meeting mode right now. And so it's like, you know, set a limit per day of not too many meetings with, you know, some space in between them, but like the whole calendar is open. So I get a little bit more breathing room between them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Optimize for clustering together versus kind of spreading them out so you have time to, to kind of switch. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Like if I were doing, if I had some like code to write or, you know, thing, writing basically, some sort of writing, those big clear days would be most useful. But right now, actually, not as much. And instead, like I think processing time between calls would probably be more valuable for me. Mm-hmm. Do you like to do kind of like time budgeting? Do you ever like block put blocks of time like this is for calls this is for thinking about stuff <laughs> i don't think i ever schedule things like thinking about stuff almost ever except like or it might be more explicit than that like you know do like shape a feature like you know do product management on this idea kind of thing i have been experimenting with blocking off time each day to like do my like top goal which has been pretty good like all things it starts off like good and i do it re- reliably and then it like i taper the, the, the habit kind of falls out because now it's like, well, my top goal is hiring a head of sales. And so like by just doing all these calls, I am doing the top goal. So like saying, okay, I'm going to do it from this time to this time. It's like, well, it's not as... Um, it's not yeah, as it doesn't fit in that box neatly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I don't do that like calendar painting kind of schedule blocks of time for things generally. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do get into that at all, we just released a, a cool new feature in Savvy Cal that lets you basically designate a block you can create an event called like calls or interviews or something like that and then you can tie your availability to it so it only opens up like ranges of time where you have that time block set i saw that it's pretty interesting i don't really use that myself too much because i like i'm uh, in the camp of like keep as much white space as possible in my calendar but some people see it you know completely the opposite and think of it as like budgeting your time as a means of protecting it i just see it as like keeping it largely unbudgeted as a means of protecting so it's just two different kind of schools of thought on how to do it that feature seems real slick i thought that was awesome yeah yeah it's kind of a differentiator i don't know if anyone else really has has that too so i remember tyler tweeting about savvy cal tyler tringus being like you know my usual advice is like don't hop into a market with like an established competitor that is like generally fairly liked but like if you could just ship really great high quality stuff really fast (laughs) like Derek reimer go for it (laughs) yeah when I get the product update emails, it's like, damn, Derek really is. He's he's on pace. Hmm. I'm trying. I always have that sneaking guilt that I'm falling behind too. Mm-hmm. It's, but I think that never goes away for founders. You Probably know? not. Um, yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Man, it was interesting talking to Shreyas the other week about like, you know, how does Stripe ship so much stuff so fast? And he was just like, we just try really hard to be fast. <laughs> yeah. it's just like yep. ah, yeah i could see how that, that's, that makes sense yeah I and mean, if it's a stated value that like we we want to move fast because because some companies they i don't know if they really even care about that like they care more about i don't know revenue growth or something which doesn't necessarily mean progress on product it just means growth of revenue you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well that sense of like we have a mission and it's better to like progress on the mission faster than slower because it's going to make the world a better place. And we believe that we believe, you know, honestly, that that's true. So like, 
let's go fast. I, that's, I could see how you would. It doesn't just feel like we're just going fast because I don't know. Fast is we, we like fast or something. Fast is better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's a reason for it. Yeah. Exactly. But then I think making that a stated goal when it's paired with a mission, it's like that's I think that's where the some of the magic can happen. Yeah. Yep. How's your funding thing going? It's going well. Yeah. I am still in the process of doing like a entity conversion to a C Corp to make make my company more just better set up to take these types of investments and stuff. That takes a little bit of time. Just getting all the uh, dominoes lined up and paperwork filed and all that jazz. But luckily, I have some good, good legal assistance to uh, to work on that in the background. So I'm not really, it's not really consuming my time, but just kind of a background thread. So, but yeah, that's good. I mean, still obviously thinking about you know how I'm going to deploy that money and thinking about my my engineering hire that I'm just sort of sort of still percolating in my head. I putting out a few feelers here and there but i haven't gone you know dove head first yet into the like i'm in hiring mode because i'm just aware of how much of a full-time job that it is in and of itself and thinking about how to how to balance like things that are pulling my time right now and this is sort of yeah it just feels like i'm i needing to break out of this like wearing all the hats mode but know that like the process of breaking out of that is going to add even more hats on (laughs) so like so you know managing my own time and my own sanity during this is uh, that's that's the tricky part you know (laughs) totally right yeah exactly it's like you right over the long term having the developer will help you quite a bit it's like this is like my sales hire it's like it's gonna be great once this happens but for now it's worse yeah and it's like seeing if i can if i can shortcut this process like it's one thing to run like a full rigorous like hiring process uh, kind of like what you're doing right now where it's like all right we're gonna we're gonna put the put the job posting in all the places where we need to and and get fill up a pipeline of people to interview and run them through the different phases and all that like that's in, eventually that's how you know probably most hires will have to happen but i'm hoping i can kind of through networks and through just people that I've known and stuff like that, like maybe find my my first hire through a less laborious process. <laughs> like it doesn't scale, but I'm hoping I can kind of take that shortcut this time around. We'll see if that pans out. That sounds plausible to me. Yeah. Particularly because it's an yeah. engineer. Yeah. It would be nice to nice to shortcut that a bit. For sure. Like, um, did yeah. we talk? Did you say you're thinking? Yeah, you're thinking like senior kind of person, right? Mm hmm. Yep. With Elixir experience specifically, Elixir experience nice to have. I think honestly, I know I know quite a few Ruby developers, and I think um, a Rubyist making a jump to Elixir is not not that big of a gap. I would totally be willing to like sponsor someone getting up to speed on uh, on Elixir. You know, yeah, yeah, and local doing doing the in person. Still thinking, yeah, that. I, I'm I'm still feeling good about that. Like I think I think that'll be like one of those kind of sort of core values around this this kind of making this job attractive to hopefully the right person is saying like you value the flexibility of being able to be remote, but you also value the ability to sit around a table, sit next to somebody and work in tandem and build the camaraderie and, and have that element. Um, I think that's, I think that's important for me. And so I think it'll, it'll need to be important for this person too. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. I hung out with two Minnesotans last night, by the way. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh. So you're infiltrating the west, the east coast. <laughs> Were they just out visiting, or had they? Are they transplants? They're both transplants. The yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Anything else going on in Savvy World? Well, it's funny. I was just talking to you before we hit record that like there are a number of other things right now, but they're not necessarily things I can really talk publicly about. But I did get some some exciting developments on some growth initiatives that Corey and I have been investing in. And I think probably within the next couple months, they, that will start to become public, some of the things that we're, we've got in the pipeline. But some exciting news on, on that front that I wish I could share <laughs> publicly with the audience, just can't yet. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I have, I have a thing I can share publicly, which is that we, we shipped three-player mode. Yeah, was, exciting stuff. Yeah, months in the making, uh, but is is out the door. Got some nice feedback from people. So this is the like you know removing the weird observer mode of restrictions, like all those weird rules about what you can do when there's a third person on a call versus not. And now it's, I think we've just gotten rid of all of them, such that it's like all three people on the call are equal participants. No, no weird special cases or edge cases or things like that. Um, yeah, and the response has been good. Got some really. Po- it's you know it's so funny because like. We got a bunch of positive emails back, but like, you know, less than 10, probably maybe 10-ish after emailing thousands of people. And so it's like this thing that everyone has been complaining about. We finally ship it. A few people are like, cool, nice. Oh, that's great. Really psyched to have this. But otherwise, it's not, it's, you know, it's response is quiet, I guess. Um, and it's just like, okay, we've, we've eliminated that, that complaint and the product is definitely better, but it's not like this overwhelming tide of like, hooray, or like, it's, it's, it's. It's interesting. I think it's just kind of like we've eliminated complaints, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking to someone yesterday about this, actually, like how there are kind of these two different types of features. There's the features where and both of them can be a pretty significant undertaking, like something you put, you know, months into weeks into. And it's just sort of like it's solidified in people's minds where like, oh, yeah, it's just kind of what I expected. You know, it's kind of how I expected the product to work. So you don't really get the the praise or the accolades for it. It's just like, yeah. Oh, that's not how it worked before. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. totally. I'm glad yeah. it does. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is definitely one of those. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like the weird, you know, that weird thing that didn't really make sense. Well, it makes sense now. Like, oh, it's, it's no longer weird. Nice. Oh, cool. cool. <laughs> right. It's like. Yeah. By the way, this took a lot of time. Just so you know. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> so you know, this is hard. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, it's interesting to sort of look at the product today versus six months ago versus two years ago, kind of thing, and just see like, oh yeah, there were all these weird things that used to be true, or these ugly little corners, or these goofy features that didn't quite work and it's 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 nice to see the evolution yeah it is. i was just noticing that i was looking over some screenshots on my home page and there's like outdated ui there and i'm like ooh, yeah that's better that's better like everything is just a little bit better which is one i need to go update my screenshots but two <laughs> i feel good about the incremental progress you know totally yep yeah yeah it's been it's it's nice shipping a big user facing thing because there was a lot of non like like plumbing work to get this one out so it's like all this time from the user perspective, it's kind of like nothing's happening. Um, and so it's, it's good to have this like, okay, you can actually see something changing. And we did some like little UI changes too here and there. So it's, it's nice mm-hmm. when people can see stuff. Mm-hmm. In the last week and a half, I've done actually like some pretty major database refactoring behind the scenes to enable more team stuff like round robin links and you know, that, kind of, that kind of stuff. Like, and there was just despite trying my best to, you know, put in all the one-to-many relationships in all the right places from the get-go, still there were parts that were just like, nope, I need to, this needs to be extracted out into a separate join table and it can't just be a column on this, this row anymore. And man, like so much of SaaS development is just learning how to do like phased migrations of data and 
basically like I think of it similar to um, when I saw, see someone like doing road work or like they're reworking a major highway running through downtown Minneapolis right now and just watching all the different phases of like you got to put a road here first so then cars can travel over there so then you can tear this other road up and you can repair it and then you can start feeding traffic back over there and that you know and that's most of what SaaS development is because customers are always on it all the time so you have to like it's annoying how you have to do uh shift things around like that and it's scary but luckily um this time i didn't break anything horribly i don't think (laughs) (laughs) nice i mean you've been at this a little bit you're you're pretty familiar with things yeah yeah i got asked to do an ama on the SaaS subreddit which is a thing i didn't know existed until someone dm me so I think that's actually going to happen if if, I, if we can fit it in schedule wise. I think I'm going to do it tomorrow. So by the time the ships will have, we should have a link to it. Hmm. Just like, nice. Yeah. Slash R slash SAS apparently is a thing. Hmm. I've never been a Reddit user like at all. Do you spend time on Reddit? Oh, yeah. Reddit's great. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, it's excellent. I mean, I, I don't recommend you get into it really. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good website kind of waste of time or like what's the reason why i shouldn't like dive well, first into it yeah um it's probably a waste of time unless you are like very diligent about how you do it so the, the nice thing about reddit is you can curate your subreddits so like it's like it's like it's like a feed that you can sort of opt into sub feeds basically um on given topics so if you pick a bunch of work topics you can probably get a pretty good uh productive list of links that you might go look at and i find the comments to be like super high quality they have a lot of a lot of users and a good comment voting system, so usually the comments are pretty solid. Um, so it's interesting to like read an article or not even read the article and then just go see what people are saying about it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's probably not productive use of time. Yeah, yeah, it's great for niche hobbies. Yeah, if, yeah. if, you, if you get into a new hobby and you want to like you know interact with people about it or see what other people's takes are on it, you can. It's really good for that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you one time told me the same thing about Vim. You were like, it's pretty great. I don't recommend you learn it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say that? I probably said that about Dvorak. Oh, maybe. I don't know if you proactively discouraged me from learning Vim, but you said like if you have if you're productive in an editor already, like maybe it's not worth like unlearning that or something. I Hmm. I don't know if I'd agree with that. I think. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a life upgrade for developers. I think if you're a professional code editor, vim is really hard to beat so i I think it's worth the i think it's worth that but you know it's not going to dramatically change your life but if you want to be you know 20 percent faster all the time it's pretty good for that still tapping the vim good still great i mean there's a reason people use a (laughs) 40 year old text editor still that is some longevity that's that's a that's an old piece of software yeah yeah it really is so must mean something right because everything else in the in the world in the computing world gets discarded more or less but but it's, it's there's some core ideas in vim that are just really smart and still make sense today just like they did before and there's new ver- like there's like neo vim so like there's not there's even like you know new versions of this code base it's you know ship of theseus kind of thing it's not really actually that old it's just the ideas are yeah do you ever have you ever used like vs code or any more like modern ide type you know i really programs. haven't actually yeah i switched yeah. to vim like <laughs> 15 years ago or something <laughs> and uh have been there ever since well like now i feel like my editor has been getting better and better because i'm on vs code and just like the the extensions for like typescript and elixir are like really really good and all the like type ahead support and that kind of stuff and 
I wonder, now I always wonder how, like, how much of that would I be giving up if I switched over to Vim? Or would it be better to just like try to get like Vim mode enabled in VS Code? Maybe that's the way. You sure. Know, if you, yeah. If you yeah, you probably would be giving up that. some of that. It probably would not be quite as beautiful. There is a, a, a plugin system um, in like NeoVim. The plugin system is better than like older Vim. I think some of the quality of life stuff that's been shipping in like the newer editors is probably making them more competitive with Vim from a total like dev experience perspective. I think Vim will kind of always win on pure speed of moving text around and editing that text. Uh, but if yeah, if, you, if there's a good a good Vim emulation mode, that could be a good compromise. Emacs is great too, by the way. So hey, ah, you're not that that much of a purist. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you can program your editor in Lisp, that's just really cool. You could just yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's pretty badass. Yeah, kind of short on stuff this week a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit of a lighter week. Yeah. Um, for me as well. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's wrap it so I can get to my million calls. Sounds good. Right. Notes <laughs> of the show. Notes of the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya.